Welcome to Feed the Sheep Podcast. This is your host, Ross Steele. As I always say, God is good all the time, and all the time, the devil is stupid. Here, I like to talk about things culture doesn't want to talk about. I talk about things to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and bless the world. Let's get right to it. All right, all right. Welcome for those who are just tuning in to Feed the Sheep. That is the first ever uh, legit intro. So I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did uh, creating it and making it. Um, I did it with each of you in mind. But before we get into it and continue on in our Seven Deadly Sins series, uh, we're going to get started with a word of prayer. And uh, today as I'm recording, we actually have, I have a special friend who um, their sister-in-law is going through a surgery, a six-hour surgery right now. So I'm going to throw them in there. And uh, as you guys listen to this, as it comes out, I know it's far done and gone, but um, the healing is still going on. So just remember them and, and pray alongside me in agreement. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to to build your kingdom, advance the gospel. Um, and, and thank you for giving me the heart and compassion uh, for others just as, just as you have for them, Lord. I pray specifically for Emily today as she's going through a surgery, Lord, be with the doctors and nurses that uh, have their hands on her or over her or have anything to do with this process and this procedure, Lord. Just be with them, Lord. And, and I pray right now in this moment, um, as you are working, that the healing is being done, that the cancer is being removed, that she's going to have full remission uh, and, th- and that she is going to uh, walk to, to tell this story for the rest of her life, to, to build a family surrounded and, and built on you as the firm foundation, as the chief cornerstone. And I thank you for that, Jesus. It's already done. And I believe that right now in this moment, Lord. So thank you, Lord, as we go out, just prepare the hearts, uh, soften the hearts of these people listening today as we dive into sloth and what that means and how to combat it. Uh, just be with each of us as we go into this together. Your name. Amen. Amen. All right. You heard it. So sloth is the next one on the list. The next one on the blacklist, as you could say. The Blacklist, by the way, is a show on Netflix. I just finished it. It's really good. Um, Such a subtle shout out there. Uh, If you haven't seen it, go watch it. I think it's pretty good. Um, But that has nothing to do with the seven deadly sins. Although throughout the episode, they do talk about the seven deadly sins or throughout the season. Um, and it's not a, it's not necessarily like a, a Christian show per se, uh, but there's a lot of God references and Bible references and stuff. So it's pretty interesting. Um, actually the founder or the, uh, producer, the writers and stuff, uh, director, all the ja- all that jazz, they, um, they're actually believers, uh, they're big believers. So I think that was kind of like their way of having, bringing God into it. So it was kind of cool to, to witness that and watch it, um, and yeah, that has nothing to do with what we're going to talk about today, though. So sorry about that distraction and confusion. Um, today, we're continuing on in our Seven Deadly Sins series. Um, this one is one that it, it's one that kind of gets overlooked. Honestly, a lot of these get overlooked and we talk about sin as a whole. Um, but one of the seven deadly sins here is sloth. And people are like, uh, I I know I've talked to people and they're like, well, sloth, like, I don't get it. Like, what does it mean? So that's kind of what we're going to break down today. But sloth, um, Webster Dictionary refers to sloth as the reluctance to work or make an effort. Basically, laziness. 
that's it. Laziness is the English term, I guess, um, that we can compare it to. Um, but it plays, it's not just necessarily for work. Like sloth happens in our lives all around or it can not saying it does, but it can happen in our lives more than just like with our work. Um, and what we're doing, it could be in our prayer life. It could be, um, in literally the smallest things, uh, that we don't, that we don't pay attention to. And we need to be, uh, aware. We need to be ready, uh, for it. And the, as you guys know, I've, you know, referenced certain Enneagrams, um, as we continue on through this. And for this one, Enneagram nine, the peacemaker actually happens to be the one that's most related to sloth. And I, I'm not a nine, I'm not a wing nine, I'm a wing seven. Um, but my mom, she's actually a, a, an Enneagram nine. She's a peacemaker, which is great. Peacemakers are awesome. If you're a nine, uh, I do appreciate you more than you think, especially as an eight. Like, uh, I'm just like out there blunt, bold and go and say it, uh, with a lot of times without care of the impact. Um, cause my intentions may have been well, but like the impact wasn't taken well. Um, uh, but as nines, you peacemakers out there, you really, uh, kind of hold it all together in a way of like really caring for others and trying to keep the peace, trying to, you know, you're just kind to others. Uh, if you're a healthy nine, especially like, um, you really care for others. And uh, I think that's why the peacemakers, uh, relate to sloth so much, um, because you are trying to protect everything around you. So, uh, or like not be in control at all by any means, but you kind of roll over, you kind of roll over and let people walk all over you, unfortunately. Um, and through that, I mean, that's a part of sloth. Like that's where that, that is a piece of that, um, of not making advances. You're just letting things happen and you're not doing anything about it. Um, which is why like the peacemakers are the way they are, I guess. Um, you do care about others and their feelings and everything, um, with not much care for your own at times. And because of that, that's where the sloth rolls, uh, plays in, uh, to affect. Um, but I mean, when we talk about sloth, you know, realistically, there's never going to be a time when you would call yourself lazy, but you would, um, if, if we're in this concept, would you, you're never going to really call yourself lazy, but would you call yourself intentional in all areas? Uh, my guess would be no. If you're listening and you're like, Oh, I guess I'm not really intentional. You think about all the areas in life. Are you being intentional in those areas? Because sloth is more than just laziness. It's more than the reluctance to work or to make an effort. Uh, I mean, I'd say like, I'm convinced that sloth is the sin of comfort of, of being comfortable and living in that comfort, uh, which is different than contentment because contentment is good, uh, in the, in a, in a right dosage. Um, but this sin sloth will, will have you basically not taking action, not, not moving forward, not advancing, um, and there's a quote that goes around often, but talks and, and it's, it's simple. It's delayed obedience is disobedience. And we say that because sloth is 
the idea of not taking action. So if we are feeling called by God to do something or to speak up or, or to stand out or, or do something um, to advance the gospel, to build the kingdom, and your direct sphere of influence is the one that you should be focused on the most. As much as you want to go out and serve others around you and, you know, bring people to Christ that um, that aren't in your circle because that circle is uncomfortable. It is a comfortable circle, but it's uncomfortable to talk about that. Um, not taking action in itself is disobedience because Lord's saying, hey, do this. He's calling you, he's calling us to a higher standard, to a higher level um, to, to do these things. And when we say, okay, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't think so. Not right now. Uh, that is in itself disobedience. So um, not taking action, that sloth results in disobedience because the late obedience is disobedience. You know, the good book, the Bible, it's chock full of scriptures that uh, reference slothfulness and say just as much about hard work. Uh, it goes back and forth. There's so much about about the hard work uh, that goes into life and then also slothfulness. Proverbs, again, Proverbs has so much, guys. If you haven't read the Proverbs yet, you can you can really take stuff in from Proverbs about all different kinds of, of all different types of, especially these seven deadly sins. Proverbs, there's a lot it's like a treasure trove of things on sin and different things. Um, but Proverbs is the main source of these references where the words sluggard and slothful are used. Um, right there in Proverbs 19, verse 15, it says, Sloth, Slothfulness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Proverbs 19, Slothfulness cast into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger hunger. So when we are, when we are being in this mindset or in this area or season of sloth, of slothfulness, um, it, it makes us tired because we're doing nothing. You know, if you, if you're doing stuff, like if you're trying to stay awake, then you're going to be doing stuff like, because it's going to keep your blood flowing. It's going to keep you preoccupied. But if you're sitting around doing nothing and you're trying to stay awake, then what? You're going to fall asleep, which when you fall asleep, um, it, right here in Proverbs, it says an idle person will suffer hunger, but that's because we are not being active in our faith. If you're in sloth and a season of slothfulness right now, you're an idle person. You're going to suffer hunger because you are staying still. You're not moving. You're not taking action. You're not digesting and ingesting the Word of God. You're not uh, getting involved into a biblical, biblical community that's going to uh, just reshape and, and reaffirm everything that the Lord has for you. And when you fall into a sleep, burglars come in the house at night for one reason, because most of the time people are asleep and they are made, they're going to be unaware and unready uh, for whatever attacks are to come. So when you're asleep and you're in slothfulness, the enemy is going to come and you are a lot more uh, uh, susceptible to the enemy and his ways um, that he tries to to attack you at the mind um, and in the body and, and things around you. So you need to be prepared. You need to be ready. You know, put on put on the armor of God because uh, the enemy roars around, uh, roams around 
like a roaring lion ready to devour. Uh, but if you're awake and you're able and you're active and you're advancing and you're taking action, you won't fall into that. Slothfulness casts into a deep sleep, makes you unready, unprepared, and an idle person will suffer hunger. means you will suffer hunger from the Spirit. You're going to be hungry for the Spirit and until you take action in that, you will always be in that situation. Moving on to Proverbs 20, uh, verse 4. The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. The sluggard, sloth. Uh, same concept here. If if you're not putting in the work in the autumn and in, in, in the fall to... Uh, you know, to, 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 to plow your fields and to, to plant the seed, you will look at harvest harvest time, but you're going to have nothing. That's what it's referring to here. If you don't put in the work, you're, there's going to be nothing to show for it. You're not going to be able to live and survive and provide for your family. So you must take action. You must put in the work. You know, God may call you to something, but you still need to put in the work. There's a saying uh, that I love, and it's and it's prepare, prepare as if your life depends on it, but pray as if God depends on it. Prepare as if your life depends on it, and pray as if God's life depends on it. And I like that a lot uh, because a lot of times we feel called to something and we don't put in the work though because we're lazy. We're like. I don't know why we fall into that that slothfulness mindset or attitude, but it's not one that we need to be a part of. Um, it's not that it's not one that that um, any of us should be a part of, for that matter. But to understand what someone is going through is the ultimate goal, because empathy translates to compassion, which propels us into action. And when we fully understand what one is going through, we become and grow empathetic. Um, which right there, it translates to compassion, which is going to propel us into action. Because when we have compassion, it's like, it's like, um, just because you help somebody, if somebody asks you to help them move and you're moving boxes, that doesn't mean you're compassionate. doesn't mean you have empathy. But if you see somebody struggling, uh, if you see somebody moving and then you go out of your way and you go to help them uh, just because you want to, there is the compassion. But you see the difference? One, you're already in action. Um, but it's not really out of empathy or compassion. It's because you were asked to. Um, the other one propels us into action. So must fully understand what others are going through, and that takes listening. And then that will create empathy, which translates to compassion, which is going to propel us into action. See, true slothfulness is a two-edged sword, I believe. And I'd say on, on one edge is an abandonment of self. We become so caught up in fear that we walk away from the things our heart truly desires and bypass opportunities. This is important to fight against, mainly because abandonment of our heart's desires impacts the way that we view God. Because our heart's desires, here's the thing, our heart's desires the Lord already knows. And uh, when we when we choose the, you know, we when we fall into that, sword that one side of abandonment of self um we become fearful and we walk away from things that our heart truly desires but the lord puts desires in our hearts and on our hearts and and 
when we choose to walk away from that, we're, we're letting go and we're, we're bypassing these opportunities that the Lord has created for us. Um, and, and truly, I, it's important to fight against that because uh, you don't want to walk away from that. You know, the, the Lord placed that there. That is, that is his calling on your life at times. And everything, it, it, it adds up. Um, so trying to battle that, that side of the sword, um, it, it really is impactful and really not always easy to do, but it's far, far more worth it than walking away from the, from the uh, desires of our hearts. Because when we do that, it impacts the way we view God. And God is righteous and he is holy. Um, and he places those desires on our hearts and he wants us to share them with him, even though he brought them to us and he knows, uh, he knows our hearts. He wants us out of obedience to bring them to him. Um, and it's kind of like, in a way, it's kind of like a test. He's like, Hey, here it is. I already know the answer and I already know this and I already know that, but I want you to want me. I want you to seek me out and seek my help in this matter. And when you do out of the that obedience, I will bless you. Now, the other edge of that sword is self-absorption. And once we find ourselves in that dark wilderness, we try to rationalize where we are and why we are. And we that's the rationalization that comes. Like, we're so self-absorbed in what we're doing, and we're in this dark wilderness of, of uh, what's going on. And then you try to figure it out and then you're like, well, you know, this happened to me because of this and then this happened to me because of that. But really, it's all you. It's your decisions that brought you to where you are and why you're there. What I would say, um, uh, some, I guess, uh, I would say was to boldly pursuing our passions and interests in a way of worshiping God. That's what we need to do. That's my advice, I would say. Uh, that's what I was trying to get at there earlier, just a couple of seconds ago. But boldly pursue our passions and interests because that is a way of worshiping God. Lord, like I said, he, he puts the desires on our hearts. He gives us these passions and these interests and these desires. And when we, when we pursue that, when we step into action, we step out of slothfulness and we step into action, we, in that sense, in that way, are worshiping God. And he is joyed. He is joyful in those moments. We demonstrate the joy of life as we apply ourselves and let our light shine. You see, we aren't seeking to show the world who we are. Rather, we are so thankful for who God is and who he has made us to be that we want to do all we can with it. Step into that passion. Step into that interest. Step into that joy. Step into that desire don't worry. Don't be overcome by fear in the self-abandonment uh, side of the sword. Um, but but step into what God has for you. Because it's not about who we are. It's, it's more about who he is and who he's made us to be. And all that we can do with it is far greater if we, well, now that we recognize and know that it's from him, it can be and will be far greater than we could ever do it on our own. And slothfulness, really, slothfulness steals our excitement and joy in the purpose God has for us. As, as with any sin, just because it happened does not mean that you have to stay there. 
it's there's this saying that it's like you know ninety um, percent or ninety yeah ten percent of things in life is what happened to you ninety percent of your life is how you react to it so just because the sin happened uh, doesn't mean that you have to live in that and you have to stay there because you're set free the blood of Christ covered a multitude of sin it covered all sins past present future and beyond it covers it all it did cover it all and it continues to cover it all you do not have to stay there you do not have to live there lean into jesus and who he is and who he says you are your redemption in christ is the very power that will draw you to repentance where he can lift you out of that place and back into living life abundantly with him you are loved you are loved you are loved you are loved feed into that today that you are loved and you are sought after by the one true king step out of slothfulness take action today lord thank you for this message thank you for laying this on my heart and and bringing so much to light for myself as i was preparing today Thank you for those who are listening today that that as you spoke directly to them, Father, through the words that you gave me, Father, I thank you for it because you are changing lives in this very instance. You are, you are uh, creating a, G, a Jesus generation, and I believe that full well you will provide and you will continue to provide for each and every one of us in ways that you only know right now. May we step into our passions and our desires and our interests because you have given them to us, Father. May we worship you in that way. May we recognize all that you've done and all that you've given us and not take it for granted to step into that and take action today. You are glorious. You are high above all else. You are the one true king and we worship you. You are so good. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Feed the Sheep this week. May the Spirit be within you, may it be upon you to embolden you in your faith, to go out and advance the gospel, to build the kingdom and bless the world.